So this is being checked by uh, Mike Jones. 100 miles or so away. Yeah, this is our replay here. Ian Atchell doesn't move till very, very late. You see, he just runs forward, doesn't give any option at all for Mares. Wow, that is close, isn't it? That is close. I think that might be on. That is a close one. What they do have are the parallel blue lines. Yeah. The uh, video assistant referees, which will make that clear. Hey guys, welcome to yet another episode of Panditri and a Pint, where a couple of average blokes are having above-average football conversations. Joining me on the podcast today is Vaishnav, Akshat and Pope. And let's get straight into it, guys. Uh, this week's episode is going to be on VAR, which has been taking football over by storm in the past year and uh, this season as well. There have been some very, very uh, complicated decisions. There have been uh, a lot of talk on whether these decisions are right or wrong. Lots of conflict of interest. Um, I'm going to start speaking about the emotion aspect of VAR and that's why I don't like what's going on. Um, football is a game of emotion, right? We've been following the same team for the past 18-20 years of our life, we are so emotionally attached to it. Um, and VAR somehow removes that entire concept of the emotion of what's happening on the field with the players and at that point of the game. Um, I believe that as soon as you bring the aspect of technology into anything, uh, whether it's sport or service of any kind, it uh, removes the entire human element into it. Um, an example that I can give you is getting served by a robot waiter. I mean, it does the job. It does exactly the job, but it doesn't go that extra mile or doesn't do anything apart from what it's supposed to do, which is what I think war is slowly shaping up to be. Um, referees that have an understanding of the game, who are involved in the game at that point on the pitch, know the emotions that are running through in the game. But the decisions are being made by someone who's sitting in the war hub from the Premier League and is communicating to the referee. Um, now, I know we have a lot of... Uh, Points on this topic, different people have different perspectives and I would like to bring Akshat in first to give me his views. Yeah, thanks, Amar. Um, so, I totally agree with what you just said. And, you know, you, you just think about some moments like the, the hand of God from Maradona, right? And that's that's a fabled, fabled part of football history. And to think that something like that wouldn't be, would have been disallowed <laughs> um, if VAR had been there, is it's quite an interesting thought. Um, and, I mean, I know you've made your... your uh, point or your thoughts on VAR perfectly clear, but uh, Vaishnav, I just have a question to ask you. As a Manchester United fan, right? Um, are you happy with VAR? Simple yes or no? Uh, yes. Um, please keep the penalties coming. Take VAR any day as long as we get the three points from it. I mean, if they're giving us penalties after the game, why the hell not? Yeah. So, I mean... <laughs> why the hell not? Exactly. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing, right? Some fans from the same team are going to be either against it or for it, right? And there's this notion or this argument that people make that um, in the long run, VAR will always cancel or the, the goals allowed or disallowed for VAR would cancel each other out. But if you see the statistics from last year's Premier League, uh, teams like United and Brighton, I think Brighton have had an overall VAR difference of plus 8 and United have a VAR difference of plus 7 compared to Norwich who've had, who had a VAR difference of minus 7. Which for a relegation team, it's it's extremely un- unlucky, right? Um, so I mean, it's it's um, th- that's that's one thing of that you know fans can never seem to agree whether they like it or they don't like it, and um, it's very subjective on which team they support or you know which team uh, they're playing against. 
um secondly uh, amar you you brought up the point of the fans right and their attachment to the game but um i think it was after an fa cup game last season where juan mata um in a post match interview also said that you know after we score a goal there's now that little bit of hesitation before celebrating because we know that it's going to be get checked and you know we're not sure if it's going to be offside or whether it's going to be allowed and um whenever emotion gets uh, put out of the game i think it's taking something away from it um now from a purely technical point of view var is seen uh, within the premier league and within the referees association as a success so uh, at the end of the uh, you know when when the referees were giving the review for the season uh, compared to the 1819 season apparently uh, they had 92.3% of game changing moments or game changing decisions which were a uh, rule correctly versus in the previous season when var was introduced it went up to around 97% or, or between 97 and 98% i'm not sure of the exact number so um clearly from that point of view the referees do see it as a success they do see it as something which is improving the game in in their decision making ability but again if it's taking something away from the emotional aspect and from the way fans and players are associating with the game then i think it's not that good or or not as good as it's uh, seemed to be yeah two two examples that really strike out i mean there, there are some uh, points in football games that we watch where you get really frustrated with what you're seeing right even if it's not your team that's playing and one uh, example i remember distinctly was when lundstrom's goal was ruled offside because his toe was offside yeah uh, i mean if uh, i read this thing that if his stockings if he wore them a little more loose then probably <laughs> he wouldn't be offside or um, just recently last week with uh, leeds united patrick bamford pointing to where he wants the ball and yeah it's just when he was pointing at it because of his finger he was called offside or uh, when bobby firmino's armpit was offside when you when you're looking at i mean what are you, what are you going to do with your body at that point of time right yeah are you going to detach it from yourself is that what they're expecting so when you see these kind of examples it it really frustrates you that's not what you want to see football you want to see football for goals right you don't want to you don't want it to be ruled out because of a toe or an armpit or a finger so i think you guys bring up some incredibly appropriate and valid points um sports at the end of the day uh, it's not played for the athletes even though they're multimillionaires and they're the elite of their discipline it's played because it's not there for marcus rashford to play it's for there for me to watch is what i truly think sports are a product made for entertainment and made for the fans they're also a business operation a multi billion dollar business operation i can't fathom another any other sector allowing things which are objectively wrong to interfere with their profit margins and with their business operation right when it is objectively wrong now what you guys are talking about the rules in terms of the offside decision like you guys sort of lose me there because i get what you're saying it is shitty to see mane literally his the fucking end of his lace being past another guy's boot and then he being called offside is shit to see that is something i want to get to later on the first point i want to get to is the emotional aspect that you guys talked about earlier which is so true because the first reaction of a football fan when someone gets closer to goal is both hands on your armchair and your ass gradually gradually and gradually getting off your seat until you're at your full stance with your hands in the air and you're fucking shouting or your hands are on your head and you're like oh that is the natural reaction of a football fan 
but that is also the natural reaction of a football fan because i mean the rarest commodity the reason that the game is so beautiful is because there is only one thing people care about and it's a goal it doesn't matter if you score from 50 yards out or a tap in when no one's around you a goal is a goal having said that a goal should be the most precious commodity in the game there cannot and should not be any foul play or infringement in the build up to a goal be it a pinch be it a trip be it a possible offside there has to be zero impossible infringements or objectively correct or wrong infringements in the build up to a goal because then in my opinion it loses its value right if i can just take the ball and chuck it into the net it's not a goal you get what i'm saying i mean for a goal to be a goal it has to be pure this is a super ideal way to look at it but even if your toe is offside you are offside at some point the offside line is the offside line right what are you where are you going to call that difference now i completely get the frustration of the fans with like dude is toes offside dude if he was size 7 boots he wouldn't be offside dude what the hell he's pointing to the ball and he's offside firstly the bamford offside thing is this the saddest thing to see but it wasn't his finger that was called off it is his uh, jersey line and that is also because you can score from your jersey line it is not you can score a goal from yeah you can score a goal off your shoulder and your jersey line because it's not handball anymore my thing what what i'm trying to say is it's not for the referee to say this toe being in front of the other toe gives you an advantage or not the rule is that if you are past the defensive line if your man bun is past the defensive line and you can score with that it's an offside right it doesn't matter like at some point no matter what you guys or what we come up and say the rule is going to be there is a at some point it is a zero sum game right at some point it's binary offside or not offside so wherever you shift that line you're still going to have this problem first that's my first point my second point is that why is off like i see what you guys are saying because the offside rule was made to stop goal hanging the offside rule wasn't made to be such a binary indicator of whether you can play an attacking move or not it was made so that people don't stand next to the keeper and just get balls hoofed up to them and go in for tap-ins right that was the reason that the offside rule was rule was implemented now conversely if i was to tell a defender that i'm giving a striker this much more leeway for the offside line meaning that say we give them a margin of error of say 10 cm right if you don't want it to be the toe so if it's there you sort of you know give the benefit of the how does a defender defend like how how do i defend as a defender i have an attacker on my shoulder i want to show him offside because that's a rule and that's how you legitimately defend right you pull your defensive line up at the moment of pass that is an incredibly difficult thing to do how do i defend if i know that there's going to be a margin of error behind me it's there's a lot of variables here and i firmly believe that offside is offside your toe can be offside your nose can be offside offside is offside dude i mean that's it that's the rule right the handball rule is weirder cuz there uh, there's a degree of intention that comes to play which i sort of get because i feel offensive handball should have a much higher degree a much lower sorry degree of burden of proof than defensive handballs meaning that if you if you touch the ball with your hand building up to a goal it should be ruled out versus someone smacking the ball on your hand in the defensive area i don't think should be a penalty so there i think is a little easier to argue but when it comes to the offside rule guys i, I completely dude i'm the first one to shit on the referee and the tv you see what the hell what how can he do i mean bamford is genuinely pointing that he wants the ball between the channels right he he's pointing that's what everyone does when they play he's offside because his arm is there it's just bad luck no one can do anything about that and i don't think the offside rule is going to change much No, no, I, I totally agree with you when you're talking about an objective rule which exists in football, which is offside, right? And like you completely, you, you rightly say that you're either offside or you're not. There's no room for argument 
if if you know you're a millimeter offside you are still offside by the law right um, but for me where where it becomes a little bit dicey um, with bar reviews is that when it does come down to the millimeter right you you go into that zoomed in thing and, and you see you know you you try to pick figure out which pixel is offside which pixel is onside and at the exact same time there's not enough scrutiny placed on exactly when the ball leaves the foot and all of that right so i mean how much deeper are you going to dive in the situation my my thought process in this would be to let the on field um uh, referee's decision stand in these cases now how do you define in these cases again that that's another whole rabbit hole which i don't want to uh, get into but um you know if you're really having to look under a microscope to see whether something is offside or not offside and you're not looking at when the ball leaves the foot then you might as well you know just let it continue let it go uh, let it flow as the assistant referee has seen it because let's face it i mean football existed without var right and we dealt with wrong decisions for a very long time so if it is such a narrow decision um then j- let's just go with what the assistant referee said that's that's my view um into it and another point with var is that uh, i mean in the guidelines it's pretty obvious they say that it has to be a clear and obvious error when you start as you said zooming into the pixels and you don't know when the ball has left the foot i don't count that as a clear or obvious error at all it it just doesn't make sense and when you're talking about a toe being offside i mean just 2 years ago there is no way that that play would have been ruled out offside there's no way patrick bamford's finger would have been ruled out as offside so we have as you said lived all these years with these rules already in place and we can continue doing that offside by a foot yeah then it should be called an offside okay um, to... that's not the same conversation omar <laughs> offside by a foot is off as hell man exactly exactly <laughs> if 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 that, that's what i'm trying to say if it's offside by a foot and it's not given and the goal still stands that's when war comes in but when you start drawing those lines the vertical lines of every over there then it's not a clear and obvious error is it i agree with what you're saying and uh, sorry before you come in po i would just like to say that the the nomenclature clear and obvious error is ironically in itself not very clear like <laughs> right. what is a clear and obvious error nobody knows what that is exactly. you can't even define exactly. that exactly but i still i don't think your logic holds good when it comes to an offside cuz linesmen and referees make wrong decisions every game every single game var is not checking them all but they make wrong referees on an average make 130 observable important decisions in a game of which at least 30 to 40% are dubious if not wrong wherein they might not because think about a referee's job right you have to get the best angle and this is being done not when you're standing in one place you're sprinting up the field and sprinting back down of course you have two linesmen on other sides and the fourth official in the middle they're not going to help you that much because you have the best angle on the pitch the thing is i feel like we don't give var enough credit that is due because i have seen linesmen the past 5 or 6 years which i used to think is incredible give offside decisions as a player is in his stride and his knee is in front of the defender isn't that the same thing as your toe being in front of the defender it's the same thing in my opinion like just because it's a different body part doesn't and the margin might be a little different definitely because the human eye couldn't see and couldn't make this you know super granulated uh, area of demarcation with respect to where two things are placed as the human eye could but i mean man the fact that you said we've dealt with the wrong decisions in football we should be able to do it again i think that's going backwards let's come back to handball in a bit um, we we've been uh, pretty much against war all through this conversation but i think po has some points that are uh, debating what we've said up till now 
uh, yeah you guys thanks amart you guys bring up some really good points but then uh, if you ask me what i think about what is i think what is really useful and it is needed for the sport at this point in time you know why i say this is because i don't consider to include offsides and the handball contention whatever you guys are talking about right now in talks with what i feel those are separate things and then what should not be talked about with it because what is doing its job in the way it's interpreting these things but the problem i feel is within the rules of the football like the game itself because these essentially these rules are of the game right like the offside rule and the handball rule the problem is with these rules not being clearly defined i'd say because i mean uh, what do you guys say about the offside thing is is it's true actually though like if it's an offside it's supposed to be an offside but where do you draw the line i mean as an engineer i like seeing all those 3d lines being drawn <laughs> i mean and the points being picked and everything but how long are you going to waste like like you probably waste like 2 3 minutes each game trying to pick those points and try to find out if the striker's offside by a millimeter or two and it's ridiculous ridiculous after a point i'd say cuz and i know what you say why snob about like if you give them a foot as well and try to say that like okay we're going to increase, give you a percentage of error to deal with it's going to dip, like change how the game is being played as well so it's really difficult to actually come to such a decision also but i'd say it's not clear right now cuz the bamford example that you guys give it's a it's a freaking finger that's offside right i mean wasn't the wasn't the rule supposed to be that any body part that you can score a goal with if that body part is offside then it's a clear offside but i don't think this was like such a an incident i'd say i mean you can't score a goal with that part of body even though if you say with the armpit instead of the finger like i you guys have some super points man i think with respect to handball you guys are bang on right i don't want a handball to be given on var decision when some dude right in front of me pastes it on my arm just point blank smacks it onto my arm then what are attackers going to do as it is attackers are diving every chance they get now all they're going to do is ball flick it up and smack it on the defender's arms right so you're going to have them honestly like exploit the rule which i think the handball rule is a completely different set of this thing i think the offside rule is a little more binary cuz at least in my opinion i don't i don't think there is any such thing as a margin of error that you can give i've heard pundits say things like where it is giving you a, a what is it called a perceived advantage or something like that wherein if you are getting advantage by the amount of space you are getting on that offside call only then it should be offside wherein a toe in front of the other toe is not really an advantage so that shouldn't be offside and what amar says in terms of if you have to zoom into it to get the decision right you probably shouldn't be zooming in now that is very sound logic and i get that because it's just taking time away from the game but i still think man if you're going to find out the decision you might as well be right now when it comes to what frame is the ball struck at at what angle are you putting the lines that is down to the technology to get right that is down to the guys who make the technology to get it bang on and i'm sure we can do that we've been to the moon dude we can do lots of shit there's a goddamn sport like what i'm trying to say is that i don't think there's an argument to say that we have to modify the offside rule wherein the at some point it is going to be this fine margin right no matter how much you push it you give him a 10 mm 10 cm whatever margin of error if it's a 10 cm margin of error and the player is 11 cm offside there's again going to be this line drawn right you're again going to have a line drawn somewhere 1 cm something is going to be binary and marginal so i feel like that is much harder to deal with i think handball is an easier thing to deal with but they're still screwing up yeah and and the thing about handball um is that 
uh, even uh, I mean offside, as you said, Vaishnav, it's offside or not, right? There's a law saying that if any part of the body which a keep a, a player can score with is beyond the last line of defender, blah blah blah. We know the law, right? But if you're defining the handball law as um, arms in an unnatural position, now you've defined the law to be so vague, right? At the end of the day, you can have technology which put us on the moon, as you said. But humans are the ones who have to interpret this law and come to a decision, right? True. And now, if your law is saying things like unnatural position, um, two different referees will always have two different ideas of what an unnatural position is. Um, and I think that um, I think offside, yes, you can give leeway to VAR because it is just doing its job um, at after a point. Uh, but when it comes to the handball thing, I mean, it's it's such grounds to interpretation over there, and um, it's never going to be satisfactory for a fan to say that okay, this person has an unnatural position or not. And I think it was it was Rio Ferdinand or some other uh, pundit who said that when a player is jumping in the air, right, and their arms go out like this, when you're jumping, this is a natural position for your arms to go up because you create momentum in your body by putting your elbows up, right. Um, how is that an unnatural position? If the ball strikes that, that is not an unnatural position because at that time the player is jumping, right? The, the thought that you have to keep your arms behind your back when you're defending, that could be thought of as an unnatural position for a defender because uh, when a defender is trying to sprint across, he can't sprint across with his arms behind, right? So is that a natural position or unnatural position? So for me, um, offside, yes, I think uh, there are valid points where we have on both sides of the argument. But when it comes to a handball rule, um, if the law is vague, then how can the implementation of it be correct? Yeah, I just I just wanted to talk about the positioning uh, before uh, you spoke, Akshar. That's exactly what I wanted to say. Now, when you're a defender and someone has shot the ball in the box, there are a lot of things that have to be considered, right? Uh, the movement of the defender, whether he's having a niggle in his left knee that's buckling up so that makes him somehow put more pressure on the right and his naturally his position is moving towards the right and his arms are outstretched. I mean, there are a lot of things that have to be considered over here. How do you know what is natural and unnatural? The only person who would know that at that point is the defender himself. Whether what he's done is in a natural position or unnatural. Of course, now if you're putting your hand up to, uh, putting your hand up to protect your face like what Pogba did against West Ham, that's, that's stupid. That's, that's an unnatural position. But anything else, if the ball has been shot in the box and you're barely a few inches away from each other and it hits your arm, we've seen those given as well, right? We've seen those given as well. Um, so, there's a lot of grey area over here which I think needs to be defined very thoroughly uh, if we want to move ahead with uh, VAR and handballs. There was something that I'd li- I wanted to bring up. Uh, uh, sorry, this is not related to what we were talking about, but totally off topic. Uh, do you guys remember that Frank Lampard ghost goal? That went in during the World Cup. Germany, yeah, yeah. yeah that line. one. Do you think if VAR or, and goal line technology had been in that, like, then? That would have changed the game, man. I mean, England had changed the, the World Cup. Dom- yeah, that would have changed the World Cup. Eng- England were dominating that game for sure. And that was the equalizer, I think. Two all equalizer. Yeah, that was the equalizer. You're right. You're right. I just wanted to take it back to what you guys were talking about unnatural positions of hands. And I have this really cool trivia. So I don't remember who it was. It was Michael Owen talking. I know how we feel about Owen, but uh, he was talking about, I forget who. Uh, it's an Italian centre-back he played with in, in his time at Real Madrid. And he was talking, so obviously Michael Owen is British and he's been coached in the UK for majority of his career. Like at his teenage point until he was a young kid when he went to Madrid. 
and this defender, I forget who it is. I'm pretty sure he's a big name. When I remember it, I will strike a bell, whatever. Is an Italian guy playing football there, quotes there. Because of the ha- this is obviously much before VAR, right? This is when Michael Owen went to Real Madrid. This is early 2000s. It was at, even then that Italian coaches would tell defenders, the second you are posted one-on-one with an attacker in the penalty box, your hands go behind your back. The second you close down a man for a block, the second you come in to go to a block, you do not ever turn your head away from them because you want to see the, project, like the trajectory of the ball until it smacks you in the face if it does. And your hands must be at the back. Michael Owen, as a striker, tripped on this and said, if your hands are at your back, just like you guys are saying, how am I going to run? How am I going to turn quickly? So if my hands are at the back as a, as a striker, you know that you have the advantage over him because you're running freely, right? First of all, to play with the football at your feet is hard. So defending should be easy because you're just trying to negate what he's doing. But now you're making that hard by asking the defender to tie his hands behind his back. So, so Michael Owen had this thing wherein he would get flipped when he would see any of his teammates at Madrid do that, when they would go in the box in training and put their hands behind their back. Because he'd say, you're not defending properly then. What's the point? Like, even I can do that. There's no point. I want you to be full on, as athletic as you are outside the box, in the penalty box. Because that's where football is played, right? At the end of the day, goals are scored there. Yeah, those are some really cool points that were brought up about the offside and, uh, you know, the handball. Um we just want to conclude this part by giving a few suggestions on what we think would be better for the sport, uh, the changes that VAR should make. Uh, one that I strongly believe is that the referee on pitch should be making a lot of the important decisions. And we're seeing that now, right? We're seeing it slowly that the referee is going to the monitor, having a good look at it. Um, last season, this wasn't happening all that much. In fact, it was happening very rarely. I feel that the referee understands the, the emotion of the game at that point and is the best person to make uh, a match-changing decision. And uh, thankfully, we're seeing that now and hopefully we'll be seeing that in the future as well. I think Poe has a point that he wants to uh, speak about here. Okay, yeah. Uh, that's true, Amara. I agree with what you said. But um, what I wanted to bring up was the amount of inconsistencies and in decisions that take place in games. Like, say, for example, a game that happens today might give away a certain decision and like from the way... Uh, Similar like situation happening in a different game, say next week. Sometimes VAR is not consulted ever. Like even then, like it's it doesn't even go to the VAR. I mean, uh, so I'm still in the gray over here because I do not know who makes the decision about when a particular incident goes to VAR and who has the authority. Then I'm still in the like I still haven't found the clarity there. But uh, it's really trippy to see that all the decisions are made somewhere else remotely in a place called Stockley Park or whatever it is in different countries or like elsewhere. But one thing, like you said, the suggestions, we it would be amazing to have like proper communication between those two centers and we as fans be able to hear it. I remember, like, I think Weissner brought up a video of um, rugby where they showed like, like the clear uh, communication between the referee and their officials behind the scenes that was communicated properly to the fans that was one way like that's one way we can look at to improve the implementation of the technology because i think the technology at this point of time is proper and i don't find much wrong with it at this point and also uh, i want to bring up the yeah like about the handball rule like it's the way it's going right now, it's like a case-by-case case situation right now, right? There are no clear set of guidelines that define yeah. what a handball is or is not do, like over a long period of time. 
the rules get keep getting changed like every year so like my suggestion would be i know like, i mean this is not like a professional suggestion but still uh, i mean maybe a handball can be deciphered based on the distance between when the ball's been kicked and when it has made contact instead of deciding whether the arm is in a natural position or not because this debate will be much easier than deciding whether like that particular position for a player is natural or not yeah the the point that you brought up was really cool about the communications because i uh, as indians we see that a lot in cricket right when there's a when there's a decision that goes to drs we know what the third umpire is talking to the on field umpire and why he has uh, given the decision that he has um now when it comes to football there's a lot of talk on why this was called handball this week and next week the same incident or similar incident wasn't called a handball so it if there is a communication if we can hear exactly what's being transpired by the the var hub and the referee on field i think it will create a lot of transparency in what is happening um and i think they've started slowly doing that now with bamford's goal because uh, a representative from var very clearly tweeted as to why this was given as an offside uh, because of the short sleeve and that's that that you know um brought down the fire a little bit uh, so yeah communication and uh, letting the fans know what's going on is super important it's a really good point vaishnav we have something to say huh? yeah the same thing i feel like po sort of stole what i was going to say <laughs> but i i gave you credits for that video by the way thanks man thanks a lot dude uh, you give nigel owens the credit man he's the coolest referee i've ever seen but whatever i think uh, rugby and football have a very similar <clears throat> problem they're both uh... so you brought up drs right amar the difference i feel is in drs and tennis hockey both using technology is you naturally have breaks in play in both those sports wherein you can take time between breaks in play and adjudicate and make a decision and it doesn't infl- impact the flow of the game right you can you can tell whether it is an lbw you can take a minute or two and then bowl the next ball you can tell whether the ball is in or out and then proceed to the next game in tennis football and rugby doesn't work as much like that because if it's offside the ball is still in play if it's not off sorry if it's offside the ball is not in play and if it's not offside the ball is still in play so it's a very a football has got a very fluid nature and so does rugby and they've both implemented video replay technology super differently what rugby has done is they have essentially given everyone a mic and said talk to each other everyone can hear you and that's all we're going to do so if uh, po is the referee on the field and i'm the tmo the television match official i'm going to tell him uh, okay i saw this player here ground the ball there so therefore this player was behind him i will show you the angle that i saw what do you think now po as the referee would be like no nah, i don't know i don't think that player saw this guy coming so i don't think it's a high tackle you know they have the give and take it's not a thing of where in ref i think it's a red card you should be giving him a red card it's never that it's always uh, i ref i think this guy came in high i think he came in really fast and you could see that there is a real follow through there so i think he probably deserves a red ref goes to the screen ref looks at the screen ref says yeah probably a red and then gives him a red now this entire conversation can be heard by fans watching rugby the entire conversation so i think that's a big deal uh, like po said and amar also said that presentations a big deal and i feel the biggest part of that is just dialogue you make a wrong decision is fine like akshat said we've had wrong decisions in the past i don't think that's the biggest deal i think i don't want 10 minutes to be taken to make the wrong decision right rather make a wrong decision in 2 minutes and tell us why you made it wrong which is perfectly all right people make wrong decisions it's not a biggie but i think the problem with, that we are facing right now is that 
the FA and FIFA and IFAB and all the powers that be are trying to protect the referee's authority in a way that we don't question it. Sort of to say that, no, 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 we don't mean that he's wrong. No, 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 referees can't yeah. get a wrong decision. He just didn't see yeah, this. Yeah. It's fine for a ref to be wrong, man. That's not the issue, right? The fans, we just want to have more transparency into the entire procedure and see what is happening. So, like, if the referee in the Banford incident had said, uh, the VAR had said he's offside because his arm is offside, and then the referee had said, but dude, he's pointing to the ball where he wants it to be fed, and he scored with his foot, and he finished it past the keeper. His hand was nowhere in play. His arm was nowhere in play. That argument doesn't come. So then maybe the referee doesn't give it, you know, when they're looking at that. But then that goes back to what I said about offsides. I still think offside is offside. But (laughs) that's a big deal. I think presentation and the fact you just have more faith in the system if you're told what is happening. True. I mean, to be fair to football, I'd say like, because we are still very new to football and rugby has had its fair share of time with its uh, Hawkeye technology and PMO and everything. So, I mean, that's the thing, like with give, give it time, I think it will turn out to be a success, like similar to how the offside rule was first, firstly perceived. And also, I mean, the best kind of technology is always the one that you don't notice, right? It's always running in the background. So, yeah. So I think given time, VR will be a huge success. Yeah, I mean, I know we've spent a lot of time shitting on VAR today, but I, I am also of the opinion that it has... Overall, improved football. There's definitely a place for VAR in football. It's just, uh, especially since the last year, you you can see the comparison when I'm watching a Premier League game and there's this shocking challenge uh, versus when I'm watching an ISL game, for example, and you know there's a shocking challenge which doesn't get given. You you always have that um, that safety in your mind that okay, VAR is going to look at it and VAR is going to rule that as a red card versus. In ISL, you know, if someone two foots Chetri, I'm I don't know if he's going to be punished or not, right? It's you, you never know what's going to happen. So uh, yeah, VAR definitely has improved football, but um, there's clearly a very large um, uh, gap for improvement right now, and I hope that you know it gets resolved pretty quickly. Okay, guys, we're just going to wrap up the podcast now. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for making it to the end again. If there were any points that really struck out or if you felt that we've missed out on anything and you have your own uh, view on it, please uh, reach out to us. You can message us on Instagram on our page and uh, we'll give you a shout out on our next podcast. Um, Please follow us, like, subscribe and share the podcast with your friends as well. See you next week.